All of us know we need a friend in Jesus. And then that next part was, here's the way you show it. You lay your life down for your friend. There's this essential quality of relationship that Jesus is offering to us, and it's it's friendships. Welcome, everyone, to this week's edition of First Person, a conversational program introducing you to guests who always share an interesting perspective. I'm Wayne Shepherd, and this week, two men join me to tell their story of friendship. We'll talk with Michael Card and Scott Rowley. Before I introduce Mike and Scott to you today, I want to tell you about our website, firstpersoninterview.com, which archives all of these first-person interviews for you to listen to anytime. There's also a calendar of upcoming guests and topics, and of course, more detail about today's guests, firstpersoninterview.com. We're also found online at facebook.com forward slash firstpersoninterview. Well, as I said, both Michael Card and Scott Rowley are with us today. Mike is a longtime friend who's been with us previously on First Person. He's a well-known songwriter, singer, author, and teacher, and we've had many conversations on and off the radio for many years. Scott Rowley is also a musician. He's a former pastor and a writer who has a big heart for the poor and oppressed. Mike and Scott have been best friends for many years, so we wanted to sit down together in Mike's Mole End studio and talk about what the two of them are learning about the value of friendship. We did that very recently, and Mike started the conversation. Well, Scott is my best friend. I mean, and he's been my best friend for 30 years. We, uh, The day we met, we became best friends, and we've been uh, best friends ever since. Scott, you met in a studio? We did. We were both trying to supplement our songwriting careers by singing background vocals for local commercials. You got to put bread on the table, right? Yeah, that's true, mm-hmm. and people don't realize that. Um, Michael Card was singing commercials. Williamson uh, County Bank. That's right. So we were. I'm tempted of, to ask you how it went. Well, I wish I it, wish we had a copy of it. I would love to hear what we did. It really would be fun. Yeah. Uh, we were crammed into a small booth, so right off, we felt uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> but I had known I had known who Mike Card was. I had been ten years kind of prior to that working. Mike was a real paradigm for me, a guy that was doing what I'd always wanted to do. Uh, singing songs for Jesus. So here we are singing about bank accounts and safety deposit boxes yeah. and stuff like that. And from that small booth, then you graduated to a bus, right? Well, there you go. It took a while to get there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I remember coming out when he was loading out his cabin. He was building a cabin on this property. Uh, just profound stuff that he was doing that I got to get into and get to know him through. And uh, from there, as he said, an immediate uh, friendship was formed. The bus was the touring bus. You you guys traveled the country singing together at times. Well, we started in a van, though, uh, and that was one of the ways our friendships really <laughs> survived. Our friendship, well, no, our friendship really <laughs> developed is in the in the old days. I mean, we're we're in the van and we we drive all night to the next wherever the next place is. And Scott was the only person who's driving I trusted, and I was the only person who's driving he trusted. We are both. Excellent drivers, <laughs> I must say. But um, and then when we had a like we we graduated to an equipment truck, I, I would I was able to drive that, or you know we'd be able to share the driving. But but the point is, we'd stay up all night yeah. and we talk all night, hmm. and we're Breaker constantly <laughs> everywhere Breaker. everywhere we get. We're so hoarse from talking all night long <laughs> that it's hard to sing. So we're hoarse all the time. Right. And we just did a thing together in Chicago and we drove all night yeah, long I, to get to Chicago. I, I bid and we you guys so fond farewell as you were heading off into the night. Oh, that's yeah. right. That's right. You were there. So, yeah. Right. So how long did that go on? I mean, 
years. Yeah. We, we, you know, what's funny is we had a mutual uh, booking agent. He was actually Mike's agent, Wes Yoder, who I would then pick the scraps off whenever Mike wasn't doing something, Wes would send me over. And uh, I liked that actually, because they loved Mike, all these promoters. So anyway, one, one day um, he called and said, Hey, listen, um, the guy, Don Potter was your guitar player. Yeah, that was a long time ago. That was ago. a long time ago. Anyway, so he called me and said, hey, we've got these 12 dates. Would you fly out and meet Mike in Washington, D.C. and just stay with him through these 12 dates? And of course, I was like, yes, <laughs> I'd love to do that. And uh, those 12 dates turned into about six years. And yeah. uh, it really was an amazing yeah. opportunity for us. And those six years have turned into 30, 30 years. Yeah, 30 years. Plus, yeah. yeah. So. so let's talk about friendship. Well, it's it's a, you know, what we're learning because we're kind of exploring this idea together right now. The idea of spiritual friendship. I think we're ground zero is it's a gift. It's grace. It's uh you know it's it's a gracious gift of God. Yeah, we talk about it in light of the opportunity that you have with somebody that you're close with to be uh, self-sacrificing. Yeah. You that you find this great gift and the great blessing of it is I'm able to to give myself up, uh, that I would actually die to myself. That's what, that's what we're seeing is true friendship. But biblically, uh, you know, Michael, and uh, as he's been exploring it scripturally and me as well, um, we're finding lots of evidence in the Bible about friendship. Yeah, especially been, Jesus, Jesus' uh, approach, yeah. his offering of himself. Okay, I want to talk about that, but there must have been some bumps along the way oh, that, yeah. you, that you grew through. Sure. Our bumps? Between our the two of you. Yeah. yeah. Well, Mike, Mike is a great practical joker, and uh, he pulls off great practical jokes, like you know, <laughs> drenching me with water, uh-huh. that kind of stuff. Oh, that was funny. I mean, those are adolescents. So that things. didn't go over very well? No, no. I've, I've resented him for it ever since. <laughs> that was really funny. It was really funny. That yeah, we had one, one great moment. San Antonio, moment. Texas. Yeah, one great moment in San Antonio where we were picked up. Now, this is, this is an unusual thing, that we were actually in a limousine. Okay, yeah. you have to understand, we never yeah, were yeah, in we limousines. We don't do limos, yeah. No. Michael Card is a driver. He doesn't get driven. Okay? Yes. So, and here's how classy it was. He said, do you mind if I stop by a car wash on the way? <laughs> so we thought this is this Why is not? suitable for us. Yeah. You know, perfect. So he stops. To make a long story short, while the robo wash is going around. And Scott, I'm, I'm in the like, front seat and Scott's in the back and seat. And I'm in the back, tack, 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 like I am now. Real obnoxious. So all of a sudden, as the robo wash comes around to my window, my window goes down. <laughs> I go, brother, brother, brother. <laughs> I reached over and rolled his window yeah. down just as the sprayer came by. Yeah, it was oh, I wish I could have seen that. I do think we've had, um, I don't think we've ever fundamentally, ever fundamentally disagreed about anything i don't think we've yeah. actually i don't think we've ever had a fight that's that's kind of maybe a little in self-denial but well we we had a split we did we well, did have true. one split for right. about six months yeah over a church issue yeah mm. and, and i i legitimately felt a certain way he legitimately felt yep. a certain way it just was a presence yeah we mm-hmm. were we were trying to dis- discern yep. his yeah, let me say this he was right <laughs> <laughs> Mike which, makes him, which makes him feel good <laughs> but what happens i mean i go back to his i go to your office Right, and we just start crying. Yeah, hmm. uh, I mean, I just we just held each other, and the and you know how you <laughs> you know you can't talk yeah. when you're. I mean, I'm crying yeah. that hard, and the thing I kept saying was, and it makes me cry to think about it now. I I told him I felt so alone. Hmm. I mean, for six, seven weeks. I mean, eight weeks. I mean, I felt so alone because you know this person who's so fundamental to my to my walk with Christ, you know, wasn't there. Do you think what you guys had and have is rare among men? 
Well, I don't think it has to be. I think it is, yeah, it's good but answer. I think it's more the culture that teaches men not to to pursue this. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and you know, we talk a lot about the, the the models of friendship. You know, the Facebook. You know, like I like you, I unlike you, <laughs> mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Pretty superficial. But I think Scott's right. It, even more than that, uh, I mean, what you see on TV, you don't see, you know, real true friendships. Not not self sacrificing friendships. You know, friendships tend to be uh, based on what you know. What can you do for me? Yeah, and and the, as the culture grows less and less committed. Uh, friendship does demonstrate something uh, that's more eternal and right. Hmm. Yeah. The so, kind of friendship we're talking about. So have you tried to define the kind of friendship you're talking about? We're in the process of yeah, doing that. It's hard. Yeah, we, we're calling it spiritual friendship. Uh, and, and, you know, Christ is our, is our, you know, our paradigm, our exemplar. And I think right now the most we can say is it is, it is fundamentally based on grace. It's a gift. Uh, and it, and and the fabric of it has to do with uh, servant being a servant. Mm-hmm. You know, it, you know, the the paradigm moment is Jesus washing the feet of his disciples. I mm-hmm. mean that that's what we do. That's what you know. That's sort of the paradigm of friendship. A lot of people would put this in the context of the family, and of course, you each have families, and you love your families very deeply. But this is this is different. Yeah, I think it is different. I mean, different. I think I think you can in another slightly different sense. You you can obviously be friends with your sons and daughters and uh, and your your wives. Uh, we have caught a, a degree of flack for this, but but I think w- very qualified. We're very careful to say this. Okay, so provide we're, we're listening. Carefully. Okay, um, but I think Scott and I have come to believe that your wife. In many cases, not in every case, but it, your wife is perhaps not supposed to be your best friend. Hmm. Uh, that maybe that, that trivializes marriage. I, I think it does. I think it does, and and it, it puts a burden on marriage that I don't think was originally meant to be there. I think there's a there's a closeness, uh, you know, confessionally that we have as brothers that that is good for both of our marriages. We are, we are not hiding things from our wives. It's not that sort of no, thing, no, and that's no. what we've been accused of. But I, I just I, I suggest to you. That maybe, um, maybe you know, a good marriage needs uh, uh, the 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 wife needs a good lady friend, and a, and the the husband needs a good, you know, mm-hmm. man friend, a confidant. Yeah, yeah. And truly, you are friends with your spouse. I mean, sure. there's there's the truth. From there, um, what does it mean to confess your sins one to another? And we all know, and certainly as a counselor, I know that some of the most brutal things have been said in the name of honesty, which is maybe not trivializing, but overemphasizing certain aspects of the relationships between a a husband and wife. And uh, you've just, I think there's a spiritual discernment that goes in that. So what we're exploring is how do you, how do you challenge? And again, we're men, so we're challenging men, but this is going to involve women as well. This is, this is a huge, there's a huge part of this that is engaged with how our women friends yeah. And how are we friends with, with women? women. Yeah. And and one of that's kind of the 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 territory we're moving into with along with Lynn Kohick, who is your friend mm-hmm. uh, from Wheaton, who is a, a wonderful uh, friend and a, and a Bible scholar. We're we're exploring, you know, the dimensions of Jesus, the friendships that Jesus had with women, which he clearly did have, and which were very countercultural in his time. Men men weren't friends with women. Men's weren't men weren't friends with their own wives. Um, they didn't speak to their wives in public, that sort of thing. And yet, as we are exploring this together, and again, we're still in process, we see Jesus 
in in partnership and ministry with women. So this is very much a work in progress for yes. the two of you. We're catching you right on the on the cusp of this, right? Right. And I, I mean think, your friendship has been a long lasting friendship. Right. But coming to grips with this biblically is what you're doing right now. Is, is and right. only yeah. now, I think right now, um I've come through uh, my my friendship crisis Mike met me in. Uh, I needed a friend and he was there as he always is. So, you know, this this is a a salient moment for us. Well, that's where it popped out. It popped mm-hmm. out and hey, we we've got something special here. Let's talk about it. Yeah. And we will continue to talk about it with both Scott Rowley and Michael Card coming up today on First Person. Next time, you've probably heard Charles Morris on the Haven broadcast, but do you know his story of transformation? If we just can have the gumption to just make our way to the foot of the cross and for the rest of our lives hang on to the cross, that's the freedom. And it's only in Christ. A very personal and revealing conversation with a father and a follower of Christ. Charles Morris joins us next time on First Person. Talking with Scott Rowley and Mike Card at the Molin Studio. Mm-hmm. Mike, you and I, for many years, many years. did uh, many, many radio yes, programs Yes, sir. Here. We had a lot of good times in this room. A lot room. of memories in this room right yep. here. Scott Rowley often joined us on that program yep. and joins us here today. So yeah. talking about friendship with the two of you, uh, I know both of you, and I know what guides your life is the Word of God. Mm-hmm. You, you dig you, When you come up with a, an issue like this issue of friendship, what does the Bible say about this? Right. So exactly. talk to me. What is the Bible teaching you? About friendship. Well, that's uh, very well put. One of my reasons why Mike consistently is my friend is because of his desire to know biblically each topic we talk about, anything we go into. So Mike began to um, explain things to me biblically, which got me fired up. And one of the first things that I've recognized was that as a sinner, a big sinner, chief of sinners, um, Jesus wants me, uh, Jesus wants to be my friend. Jesus wants me because as a he's friend. the friend. Right. Of he's sinners. the friend of sinners, there and that go. that was a huge part of the initial kick for me, which was he's he's seen as someone who spends time with the ungodly, the people who are against the Pharisees, the yeah. person who was living as a prostitute, a mm-hmm. drunkard, a, a glutton, and there's Jesus right in the middle of that culture, loving those people, loving sinners like me, and I think that's where the idea of friendship started for me. Yeah. All of us know we need a friend in Jesus. And then that next part was, here's the way you show it. You yeah. lay your life down for your friend. And that was the other scripture that as Mike began to mine that out, man, that just knocked me out. He mm-hmm. demonstrates his love by dying for mm-hmm. us. Yeah, I mean, we spent a lot of time looking at Jesus and Peter. I think that's the principal friendship that you have portrayed in the Gospels. And and what we're doing together now is we're looking through the Gospels together and sort of deducing, and that's, you know, you got to confess, the, the Gospels aren't a book about Jesus' friendships, right? right. They're a yeah. testimony about who Jesus is so we can believe in him. But having said that, Jesus used the words friends. Hmm. And and for us that that at least for me that that most significant moment when he's it's the longest discourse we have of Jesus and John when he's walking them to the Garden of Gethsemane right before he's arrested that discourse is on friendship and he uses the word you know philoi friend you know there was part of me that initially was you know it's like Scott I don't want to I don't want to twist things I don't want to you know, make try to make the Bible say something it doesn't. But the more we look at it, the more we find it that this there's this essential quality 
of 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 relationship that Jesus is offering to us and its and its friendships. Mm-hmm. One of the friends that we had, Denny Denson, who was in many of the conversations that you men had here at Mole End, he used to kind of start a conversation by saying, I thought you were my friend, which was his way of saying, you didn't call me. Uh, I haven't talked to you in 24 hours. How are you? But but he used that because he wanted us to know that we were friends. Yeah, I think we miss him. And I think part of what's oh, driven us to this— I know you miss it. Yeah, yeah, and I think processing us, that too. Yeah, driven us into this is because we both have a mutual friend who's not here, um, let alone Dr. Lane or others, but, but yeah. especially Denny. And Yeah, cause I think Scott was right. Denny was very intentional about reminding us about friendship. You know, I, I can remember, uh, I mean, a week before he died, I was stuck someplace. My car broke down. And this is, I mean, literally, he's he's gray. I mean, his— I mean, he is, he's a days, maybe two weeks away from death, but, and, and I, but I just automatically called him cause he was the guy you'd call and, uh, he was so tired and so sick. And I, and I, he answered the phone before I realized, oh my goodness, what am, what am I doing? He gets in the car, he comes and gets oh me. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, barely able to drive and, uh, and takes me, you know, I guess wherever I needed, I forgot where it was I needed to go. And, and, and he's very intentionally saying, this is what friends do. It's like, okay, Mike, I'm I'm teaching you something. This is what friends do. Earlier, you talked about a bump along the way or two. Yeah, you you almost have to have one. those. One, okay. one bump. One, one bump. <laughs> you really have to have that, though, don't you? To really kind of forge and test it. I mean, yeah, we we disagree over things like I play golf and he doesn't. He doesn't understand that. I watch football. I can't see my car playing golf. No, no. Well, it's a rich white man's sport. (laughs) We have disagreements about things like that. But but I'm talking about heart to heart. Um, I think we made a commitment very early on that we were not going to allow anything to come between us in our heart. Um, That is providential. The Lord put that in in for us. Yeah, yeah. It, it it was a gift. I mean, yeah. I, I think being being in the kind of ministries we're both in, um, I think God knew we needed this in particular. But I think as as you said when we started the conversation, I think this is something that everybody. I I, I guarantee you, most of the people who are genuinely listening to this conversation are right now thinking, you know, either thank God I have a friend like mm-hmm. that, or, or I wish I, did. I wish is I there had. any mm-hmm. way, yeah, yeah, that I can have a friend like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You mentioned Jesus and Peter. What about uh, David and Jonathan? Sure. I mean, we I and mean, once once you open the the whole the floodgates, I think David and David and Jonathan is is the best example of the fact that that Jonathan is giving to David something that David doesn't deserve. I mean, Jonathan should have been king, mm-hmm. right? And so when David describes their friendship, he uses you know my favorite word, Hesed. That the person from whom I have a right to expect nothing gives me everything. Right. See, there's no jealousy. No, no. J- Jonathan is truly selfless when it, when it comes to his relationship with David, and he risks his life for David. Hmm. And um, and and I think you only need to have one friend like that. And in fact, I wonder if you can have more than one. I, I was going like to ask that. that question. I don't Scott, know. What do you think? I haven't really thought a lot about it, but my suspicion is that you can only give yourself so much to one person. I mm-hmm. mean, it's kind of a death till us, until yeah. death do we part. Yeah. But you look at Jesus' relationships. Again, we're always going back to the life of Jesus. And you see, I, at least when I look at his life, Jesus has Peter, who is clearly his closest friend. But then Jesus has the three, right? Peter, James, and John. Then he has the 12. Well, then he has the seven. How does he describe John? 
Right. Well, John d- describes himself. Yeah, okay. Yeah. The yeah. one that Jesus loved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The one that Jesus loved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but and, and then you have other New Testament, um, Paul. Uh, yeah, Paul and Barnabas. Barnabas. Clearly, there's yeah. a friendship. And then there's the disagreement the, that they yeah, have over John. That's exactly right. where I was going. Yeah, too, but I we sure. have these good examples in the Bible of our real life disagreement yeah. overcome. Too, Correct. Apparently, uh, eventually, and, yeah. and Barnabas is, uh, I think, one of our prime examples too, because I quote John Stott. John Stott said that Barnabas believed in the work that God was doing in a man. So when no one else believed in Paul, Barnabas believed in Paul. Hmm. When no one else believed in Mark. Barnabas believed in Mark, and that—that's a fundamental thing that we're trying to weave into this idea of friendship. Uh, that you know, you believe. I mean, Scott doesn't have to prove himself to me because I believe that God's working in him. I mean, even when you know, I, you know, I mess up and say the wrong things or do the wrong thing or I'm a you know some kind of a jerk. Uh, Scott goes, you know, and Scott would hear something like that about me, maybe from someone else. Yeah. We had this discussion this morning. We did. He, you know, what, what what did you say? It's like. Well, it's like two plus two is five. Michael Card is going around telling people two plus two is five. You know what? I'm going to say to them, well, that's not Michael Card then. You're not listening to the right guy. Or, yeah, if Mike said that, he's got a reason why he's saying that. In other words, it's almost I'm going to believe in Mike. Um, no matter what, it's, it's just not it. about the, it's not about what you can taste and touch and hear and say, it's really about who he is. Yeah. Well, and yeah. it's not so much because I've earned it either. No. Right. No. It's, it's a, it's a great, it's Hesed. Mm-hmm. It's when the person from whom I have a right to expect nothing gives me everything. You're both teachers, musicians. Where is this going? I mean, obviously your friendship is the most important thing, but I, I sense in you, you want to teach others about what you have. Well, again, that takes on a huge responsibility, yeah. and I would take a deep breath to say that we're going to teach anybody about anything. I mean, right. I, I love the fact that Mike, in his concert, allows people to know right from the start, we're going to spend two hours singing and talking about Jesus. That's what this is about. It's about Jesus. If Jesus leads us to an opportunity, we want to talk about friendship, but yeah. it's not sort of a plan. We don't really have much of a of a, an intention. Yeah. I know we'd love to. I know we'd love to uh, think about it more. Certainly. Pray about yeah, it. Yeah, we we kind of caught you in the middle of this. Didn't yeah, we? well, we, I mean, we, we've written songs. I mean, mostly mostly Scott has written songs about friendship. Brother to brother, you know, is one that he wrote. Uh, Within my reach is really yeah. a song about friendship. Um, so it's something he's he's written about more than I have. But one of the things we're really excited about is that here in a couple of months um, we're going to go to Israel and we're gonna uh, we're gonna talk about spiritual friendships. You know, based on the, in 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 the life of Jesus. Uh, we're going to go to all the places. We're going to walk along the shore of the Sea of Galilee. And, and that's for uh, Day of Discovery for Day television. Of Discovery, yeah. So we're going to see that on television yeah, eventually. Yeah. And the really fun thing, although I don't know if we'll get this on tape, is just going to get to see Scott cry when he sees the Sea of Galilee for the first time. Because <laughs> yeah. I know. No, I've never been, been. Oh, So that's going to be so fun. Okay, Scott, get ready. Here's Peter's house. <laughs> that's going to be awesome. I cannot wait to see that television product of Mike and Scott in Israel. Lessons on friendship from two men experiencing it together. Well, in the weeks ahead, we'll come back to Scott and learn more about the burden God has given him to minister to the poor and oppressed. Be listening for that conversation on an upcoming program. This is First Person, and we're found online at firstpersoninterview.com. If you joined us late in today's broadcast, you can jump online and listen to the entire interview on our website. We have all previous programs archived there at firstpersoninterview.com. And while you're there, you can also view the calendar of upcoming guests, firstpersoninterview.com. And we're found on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash firstpersoninterview. Next week, you'll meet Charles Morris, the host of the radio program Haven Today. 
Charles not only talks about his ministry, but also of a tragic event that deeply affected his family. Now, with thanks to my friend and producer, Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepard, inviting you to join us next week for First Person. 